Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Flipping the Barrel, a podcast where we interview leaders in the energy space to uncover and find out more about their careers and life journeys. Today, we finally have Candace Axel, who is currently the CEO Action for Racial Equity Fellow for Technique FMC, where she serves as a senior level liaison between the fellowship and Technique FMC's decision makers. Wow, Candice, what an amazing role. And we're going to get a little bit deep into it because we are really passionate about this. And uh, just to know a little bit more about your story, um, Candice as well is a proud Texas A&M uh, attendee, and she studied manufacturing engineering. She just celebrated 15 years with Technique FMC and has just so much knowledge in this space and in our industry. And we're really thankful that you're finally on the podcast. Like I said, it's been a few months. And we're glad that we finally get to talk to you today. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Macy and Jamie. Yes, we finally made it. Uh, again, thank you for this opportunity to share my story and be a part of this great platform um, that you've created for women in our industry. I'm super excited to talk to you about what I do with Take Me Best and Seeds, one of your awesome. sponsors. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Candice. It was such a pleasure meeting you in person recently. And I just think everybody's going to be so delighted to just hear about your story. So let's jump right into it. So Candice, can you let us know what was life like um, like growing up? Um, you know, was there any events in your childhood that helped shape you into the person you become today and especially the passions that you're a part of today? Absolutely. You're going to hear a lot about family and my dad. Uh, I'm a Texas native. I'm the oldest of three. I have a younger sister, Courtney, five years younger than me, even though I look younger. <laughs> uh, I have a younger brother, I call him baby brother, uh, Finest Jack, who is actually 13 years younger than me. Um, we moved a lot during, during, um, during my childhood years. We actually moved three times before I finished high school. And no, my dad is in military. Uh, my dad is a high school football coach. Uh, he coached girls basketball and, uh, and football. He also taught uh, agriculture and physical science. So adjusting to new people and environments and, and building relationships, I had to do that a lot as a kid, going to new schools and being the new person, right? Um, but as I look back now, like, in my career, it now becomes easy to do networking. You know, I go into a room, I can talk to anyone. Um, and so I actually look back to my dad. And you know what? My dad was actually a good conversationalist. <laughs> he was an absolutely amazing conversationalist. Uh, he met no strangers. Uh, there was nothing he couldn't do. He was like a jack of all trades. And um, I look at myself today and I feel like I'm a jack, jack of all trades. I love a challenge. Uh, I have that same mindset. There's nothing that I can't do. I will try anything. You know, growing up, we we could not use the word I can't in our home. <laughs> you better figure it out. You will try and try, but you we could not use the word I can. And again, I use that in my uh, my career today. I, I had to leverage. I, I leverage my resources. When I, as a child, I leveraged my siblings. I'm a good influencer. <laughs> and so that's how I get that's how I get things done. Um, as, as just growing up as a child, I really looked up to my dad. I mean, he was my hero. Uh, my parents are very hardworking, middle class, loving parents. They met at Prairie View A and M University, which is an uh, HBCU, a historically black college and university. Uh, they met there, graduated, and married. Um, 
And so a lot of what I do today uh, is from watching my parents. Uh, it's really true about what they say, you know, one's childhood has an effect on your adulthood. Our early experience really shaped our beliefs about ourselves, others, uh, and the world. And I'll share this one thing with you, and hopefully I can get through this without getting choked up. My dad taught me that family is everything. And one of the most memorable moments events was when my grandfather, finest Jack Axel, the leader of the Axel family, um, had a stroke. In 1992, he left, this stroke left him unable to walk and unable to speak. Um, and this man was a force to be reckoned with, right? He was a rice farmer, a black cowboy, activist for injustice when it came to, to black farmers. Um, and to see him in this state was really hard and devastating to the family, right? I didn't mention that my dad was the youngest. Uh, he, only two of them, but he was the youngest of the two. And to see my dad run two households, um, I mean, to bring in my dad. So, so my grandfather, he brought my grandfather and grandmother who had dementia at the time and was slowly, that evolved to uh, Alzheimer's. To bring them into our home, we had three, he had three kids and a wife. It was just uh, heroic, you know, he was running two households. My grandfather at the time was retired, you know, former, but we still had, a, he had a small form. And so to have my dad run two households, be a coach, you know, teacher, show up and be present with his kids with a smile every day. You know, I just think about today's work area, you know, the stress and frustration that he must have been going through during that time. He didn't show it to his kids was one of the most heroic things I've ever seen someone so close to me go through and do it so effortlessly without uh, showing any frustration or taking it out on, him, on his family. Um, and so, you know, the life lesson there is just showing families first, you know, and always know that someone's watching you when you're going through challenges and life situations. I love this quote by Ruth uh, Ginsburg, fight for things you care about and do it in a way that will lead others to join you. If you see the work that I'm going to talk about today, that's what I do. And I have a lot of people just in my organization that are, that follow me, right? And people just watch you. It's just, you can say a lot, talk a lot, but people watch your actions. And um, I just, my dad didn't even realize how much I learned from him through all these actions. That's a little bit about my background. <laughs> wow. You, thank you for sharing. Uh, that was just bringing us along your childhood. You could just see just how much you look up to your father. And I think he would be very proud right now uh, seeing all the amazing work that you're doing at Technique FMC and just your day-to-day -day roles and fighting for injustice. And, you know, he's very proud of you. So I think um, I think that's something at least that, you know, you can bring on to your legacy that you are working towards changing the future and doing yeah. something great for the industry and for, you know, with all the causes that we're going to talk a little bit about and just your day-to-day -day job. So, I mean, I don't think they could have picked a better person <laughs> to really continue this legacy of your father as well of like his work and now you um, getting into it. So a little bit on, um, you know, growing up as well, what aspirations did you have as a maybe young teenager? What did you think about the future? What what did you want to be? What did you dream about? You know, we always talk about how representation really matters. And it's hard for us to see ourselves as, you know, the president or, uh, I don't know, the CEO, etc. Because 
those around us and in those positions don't look like us, right? Definitely. How 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 has that impacted you um, so far? You know that that's a great question because you're absolutely right. Like it's it's what you see, it's what you're exposed to. As a teenager, I enjoyed chemistry. I I really like to create, do experiments. I remember as a kid just finding ant piles and using lemon juice or dish soap, vinegar and water, as I'm sure everybody used, and I hate to say this out loud, and even gasoline, right? Like I, I was just so, I was a inquisitive kid as a growing up. Uh, and as I mentioned, my dad was science teacher. So it was just, uh, he would always help with projects. And so, you know, I really thought that my focus was going to be chemistry. Um, I, I knew I didn't want to do teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I come from a long line of educators. <laughs> Uh, but I, I thought somehow I would do some type of chemistry. Uh, so being a chemist was my original original aspirations uh, until my neighbor, uh, and this we had moved to Fort Worth, Texas at the time, and a young girl across the street, a few years older than me, um, an only child supported by a single mom, was headed off to college. And um, she was saying she was going to study mechanical engineering. I really hadn't heard about engineering um, I was, it didn't mean anything to me, but I was just thinking, okay, it's really a man's field. Okay. But I do remember something very vividly. My dad was super excited and proud of her. And, um, it was several things. She was going to his alma mater, Prairie View A&M. Uh, and so I was like, why is he so excited? But also she was a good family friend and he just wanted to make sure, you know, he's a father figure to many as a, te- as a teacher and coach uh, that know that she was supported. Uh, but we were also about to move. We were about to make a move to Austin. Uh, and that was our next move. And so he was telling her mom that if she needed anything, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm always here. Or it's closer for me to go uh, and take care of her. So anything you guys need. Well, that next summer, she actually got an intern uh, with Motorola. And so she stayed with us for the summer. And so, and then after that, summer after summer. And so that was like my first introduction to what a woman, you're, you're an engineer, what do you do every day? And so she would tell us about her designing, about her presentations. And my dad was super excited, right? He just would listen. He was like a kid listening to her, uh, all the different stories, and then nudging me, saying, Candace, you could do that. You could do that. So um, that kind of shifted my you know, my thought process and aspirations. So um, then my my dad and my aspirations changed to engineering, potentially as a career. And um, that summer, when it was time for me to go to college. I, I actually um, was going to tell my dad, okay, I'll switch to chemical engineering. I initially got accepted to Texas A&M into the undergraduate uh, studies in chemistry. Uh, but then I changed my major to chemical engineering after the, the second semester. Uh, which later we're going to talk about. I then switched it again to manufacturing, <laughs> engineering. But yes. I like the engineering, right? But I I didn't like chemistry after a while at uh, at A&M. It, it, it wasn't as fun. <laughs> yeah, you decided that that wasn't the path for you, which I think is really important because there's a lot of people who start their journey and then they decide right. that you know what, after getting into it, maybe it's something else. So we we want to kind of get into that as well. So. You know, after you graduated from Texas A&M, you were hopeful to get a job in manufacturing, as anybody would graduating from Texas A&M, manufacturing engineering degree, seems like a perfect fit. Um, And your dream company was Pepsi. And after an intense round of interviews, you didn't get the job, which 
you know, kind of left you jobless and you really kind of lost what direction you were going in. And I could only imagine how you felt at this time. I mean, you know, you did what you were set out to do, which is get a degree from a great university. And you really thought that it would be just, you know, the next step. Of course, you'd get this job. Um, Well, you ended up actually getting a job at Walmart as an assistant manager. Can you bring us back to that difficult time in your career um, and how you were, what you actually learned from that period? Because there's a lot of people today and actually just met somebody earlier this afternoon who graduated from UT and Mm -hmm. then is now working just retail for the same reason. So this is very common. Um, Tell us, what did you learn about this experience? Well, Jamie, yes, that was a very tough time for me, right? I was disappointed in myself. I felt like I left my dad down. He was so excited to see me walk across the stage and graduate second generation to get my undergraduate degree. You know, my family was just so, so proud of me and I didn't land that dream job. Right. Um, My dad had helped me pay for school. I still had a few student loan debt, but I was, you know, just ready to contribute right to to my family. So what I knew I could not do is go back to Austin, Um, Austin didn't really have manufacturing jobs um, that I was looking for. So I leaned into faith uh, and moved to Houston with my grandmother uh, for a fresh start because at that time, Houston was kind of the place to be. Um, And so, you know, I learned that it's okay to fail, right? Even though there may be challenges in life, you have to continue to continue on and never give up and, you know, and try to find a solution. I stated before, my dad instilled in me as a child that we, he never allowed us to say I can't. And so I just, you know, I, I would, I can always find a solution. I can find a way. And so really what I feel like this, what that situation did was made me more resilient today. So tell us about your experience taking that role. So you took a role as assistant manager at Walmart how did you manage to look at that role in a way that taught you how to become a leader at such a young age? I mean, you're just right out of school and you really got the assistant manager job. I mean, although yes, it's not Pepsi, it's still, you mean, there still is a lot of people that you're going to have to manage things you have to go through. Um, how did you change your mindset to walk into that with that? No, you know, I can do attitude and come out with a positive ending. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was not my dream job. You're right. Um, but, you know, I also saw opportunities, you know, they when you really look at the bigger picture. There's they had opportunities to quickly to advance to oversee a distribution center where I could really use some of my my skill set. Right. So it was, again, a challenge for me. Let's get excited and motivated to show them what I can do here in the store that I could do in a distribution center. And you're right. Fresh out of college. I was young. I was confident. I knew what I knew theory wise. Uh, how things should be run. Uh, and I was the overnight manager. And so the, the overnight overnight manager, the your whole role is and scope of work is just to ensure that, that the store is fully stocked uh, and everything that you receive in that night goes out to the floor. You leave your back room clean. Uh, and so when the first shift leadership comes in at seven, the, you know, the store manager, he walks, is supposed to be like grand openings, should be able to do the walk around and everything looks fully stocked. Well, all that goes out the window when there is a 24-hour store. Um, Side note, you're next to a movie theater uh, that lets out at midnight, uh, you you know, and you just, you just, there's so many 
uncontrollable variables that you kind of don't talk about in school. We know that it's not always in ideal situations, but but people, you know, the conflict, call-ins, customers, you all know Walmart, the lack of cashiers in the front end, I believe is overnight and you don't have control over, but who cares, right? Customer doesn't care. You're, they want they want to see cashiers. Uh, so there's so many things that um, you don't have control of. You don't even think about as, a, you know, when you're in school coming up with these plans, right? How I know what to do when the truck comes in, how many people it takes, how long it should take. Like I said, all of that goes out the window. What Walmart taught me was how to talk to people. I can give direction. You think anyone can give direction, but how to talk and relate to people. And when I say talk to people, I'm talking to to various generations, right? I have I have baby boomers. I'm 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Talking to baby boomers, Gen X, all the millennials, um, and it's it's a different. Like you can, t- it was just a humbling experience. I didn't know the answer. I needed to lean in. I needed to ask questions. I needed to, it was just life changing and it really helped create the foundation of how I approach roles now, new roles, new teams. You know, I listen, I I ask questions. I intentionally don't go straight into problem solving because that's what we are taught to do, right? I hear, I listen, I hear out the problem. I try to make sure that every voice is heard in the room. And you know, what I do is I, I take time. I don't. You don't have a, a lot of time. We all don't, right? In our in our daily schedule, but to work alongside twenty minutes, if you just work alongside a person in a role to see what they do, what are the challenges that they're facing, and you build trust, you build a rapport with that person, and then they realize. You know, I also wanted to have. I had to realize that these people need to know that I won't. I wouldn't ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do, right? They see this young kid come here. She thinks she can run this. She thinks she can offload a truck. I had to show them. And then when I would go work alongside them, I would see some of the challenges mm-hmm. and I would and we would talk through them maybe in, in meetings when I do a group meeting, but I would also behind the scenes be trying to work things out, right? So those overnight, those unloaders that are unloading that truck, I realized that the pallet jacks were broken, all these things. And so, you know, two months later, I may get a brand, they have new pallet jacks come in and they're like, where did these come from? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just little things like those are wins for me there, you know, and then when you do those small wins, they will work so hard for you and they will do like the most. And I just learned that once I start building trust and rapport with them, then we started to jail. They weren't so much fighting resistance. And and then when they saw that I would fight for them, supporting them, you know, a lot of times management says cut, cut their hours. So I would ask them to stay late. Then I would have to end of the week, cut their hours. And when these guys, when I really saw we really worked hard, I would take I would take the hit. I would take whatever consequences. I wouldn't cut their hours, right? They, they worked their butt off. And so when they saw it was a give and take, you know, I just, I've just taken that on and realized I, I want to do what's right, challenge the system when I can, and then obviously speak up. I have a seat at a table to say, these are things that I'm seeing out there. You, you know, sometimes at the corporate level, you don't see, but when I work alongside of people in my in my role as an HSE, I see some of the, the challenges that our, our similar, our technicians are, are facing. You know, a lot of the office people coming in, distracting. When you get distracted, that's how incidents occur. You start doing this and somebody asks, hey, where are you at with that schedule? Where are you at with that project? It's, it's distraction. So Walmart, I tell anyone, I learned Definitely. so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was a very humbling experience because 
not anyone just graduating from Texas A&M thinking they're going to get this amazing role at Pepsi would be willing to, you know, yeah. in a way, step down or step away from your degree and say, I'm going to take an assistant job manager at Walmart. So it's really, it shows just who you are, hard worker. There is no, I can't, I'm just going to figure it out. <laughs> and then this is a learning opportunity for me. And to your point, that could have looked like uh, something that many people maybe wouldn't have done. But like you said, you've learned so much from those years. And that's kind of what's gotten you to where you are today because you developed all those skill sets on talking to people, listening, et cetera, which have made you successful in the long run, right? Yeah. I think too many people rush to try to get to these, these higher, bigger roles while as you took your own time, but it's led you to a really good path. And, um, you know, onto that there, you've had a fair share of difficult moments in not just your career, but in life. There was a moment where you decided to resign from Walmart um, because you were going to go, you know, take care of your grandmother before she passed, who was sick and getting older. And you took that responsibility upon you. You resigned from Walmart. And um, during that time, you were doing part time, I guess, HSC uh, expert in like trainings for different oil field companies. You actually worked for SLB as a contractor and uh, while you were trying to find another job at that point. You know, how did this difficult moment that would look like a setback in your career really created this big opportunity for you? Because at the end of the day, you did a lot of HAC afterwards. Right. No, you're right. Like, so I'll say like, this was somewhat a familiar experience. Um, like I previously talked about the first time. So now, so now I'm resilient, right? I, but through these, through this experience, I further learned that, you know, Specifically, work-life balance is is essential, and it was crucial. Um, and it's crucial for all of us when you think about it. But um, you know, I was I was I was able to be there for my grandmother in her final days and help her through her cancer diagnosis and subsequent treatment and ultimate passing. But I, I just learned that 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 was the most important place for me to be at that time. And you know, God places us where we need to be at the right time. And even though it may not be the right time for us. I could just continue to trust in him and goes back to my faith when these things, I, I just have to take leaps of faith, right? Like that's that's what faith is about. I just, each experience makes you stronger and I know that I can get through it, right? So that was a very difficult time, but I knew I were at the place where I needed to be it's with her. Mm -hmm. And although that experience, you know, for a lot of us would be very detrimental as it was for you, you really took that to move on to your next, you know, step in your career. Um, so how, let's talk about your path that led you to Technique FMC um, and where you had just announced that you spent the last 15 years uh, and you worked in several roles across different functions. Um, and it was pretty recent uh, around the pandemic timeframe where the CEO actually called you up and wanted you to take part in being the CEO of Action for Racial Equality, uh, Equity, sorry, a fellow, which is a relatively new term of a role that, you know, I would love to learn more about and our listeners too, and really talk about how you even came to the, the spot and position you're in today and, and to get that recognition at such a high level. Yes, you 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 said it all. Like this this new role that I'm in is an unbelievable opportunity. It's like a once in a lifetime, right? Uh, like I said, I've been with the company 15 years, and I've been in HSC roles, health, safety, environmental roles uh, throughout those 15 years in various leadership roles with our surface, subsea, corporate office. Um, 
And at the time you said I received that call, I was the president of our bold organization. I'll talk through, talk about later, but that's our black organization for, I was the vice president, excuse me, of our, um, our employee resource group is the black organization for leadership and development. And so I was asked um, to represent our company in this fellowship and it, this fellowship, the mission is to advance public policy and corporate engagement strategies to address systemic racism and social injustice while improving societal uh, well-being. And you said it, this was launched in 2020. And, and this fellowship is made of top talent. So it's only about 200 uh, companies, CEOs that have identified a, a resource to, to this organization. It's top talent with doing the work, working with local advocacy groups uh, to address the, the systemic racism. And um, I, I sit alongside of doctors. So CFOs have taken time off of their normal career path to participate in this fellowship. And it's unbelievable. Um, as you said, I serve as the representative for Technique FMC. So I serve as the voice. We call it the voice of help. Uh, in collaborating with our key internal and external stakeholders to address racial equity and social injustice with uh, relevant corporate engagement strategies that fit, that fit our foundational beliefs. Um, we have aligned this technique that we see with the fellowship on five key focus areas, food equity, closing the digital divide, early childhood education, and internally when I talk about those corporate strategies, we were looking at supplier diversity and then um, corporate engagement with historically black colleges and universities. And so really my role is to partner with other senior leaders, uh, within the company to raise the awareness, build consensus, and identify resources to implement sustainable long-term actions um, in these um, focus areas within local and global sites. Um, and like I said, it's over 200, but specifically around our field, oil and gas and energy, it's about 30 organizations that are in the uh, energy industry that's uh, part of the fellowship, and it's more of the natural gas and electric mm -hmm. power type of company. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful role. Uh, really congratulations on uh, taking part in it. And you've done an amazing job. We see it on LinkedIn. All of the things that you're involved in, Technique FMC is really in all those five core things that you mentioned. Uh, we see it all the time. You're posting it and it, it's, it's, it's really great to see companies do that. And only 200 is a little disappointing knowing how many companies are out there and only 30 in energy. So, you know, hopefully with the next few years, um, companies put this in their priority. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about Bold. Um, like you mentioned, you were a big part of Bold at Technique FMC. Can you tell us a little bit about what Bold means to you, why it was started? You know, several companies have these ERGs. How has that impacted you or maybe stories of people who are part of Bold and how that's been very influential for them and for their careers and their leadership development? And what is one thing, maybe theme something that's common that you hear most of the participants in bold struggle the most in their careers and how can we be allies how can others be allies and support bold uh you know groups in their companies yes no um that's a great question and and bold is our like i said our, our black organization for leadership development it's our employee resource resource group uh which our mission is to we endeavor to inspire and advance the career development of Black professionals by providing a platform for recruitment, retention, talent enrichment, and community outreach, which supports Technique FMC core values. You know, we started uh, unofficially as a group uh, in 2015. 
um, in more of like a lunch and learns outside of work. And here we were just meeting group of people were meeting just to learn from each other and leverage each other's collectively um, collective expertise and experience. It started to quickly grow and uh, catch fire. And so in 2016, we started to lay the groundwork, plant the seed to the leadership that we wanted to start this employee resource group. And then in 2017, we were formally recognized as an employee resource group. That was also the time we merged with uh, Technique. So FMC Technologies merged with uh, Technique and became Technique FMC. Um, you asked me what does bold mean to me. Um, bold, it was it's this has been a great opportunity for me to meet uh, people from a career perspective that I might not have crossed paths with in the company. Right? Um, there's so many people in our Houston office that I've gotten to know at different levels, at least to share my journey, to share my struggles, uh, and to see others and and to hear others and be able to be support their support as well as to mentor and be mentored. Um, it's just been really the building the relationships um, that have been invaluable to me. And then you asked the question, how companies can change the, the narrative uh, for minorities. I would say, you know, for us, we don't have we don't have it right. Right. There's, but we're working on it. And it's important to have this platform, employee resource groups type platforms and have company to support in allies, uh, allyship. Um, and when I say support from allies, it's just the, the standpoint of giving opportunities to our Black employees to make their capabilities visible. Mm-hmm. You know, in these organizations, you have sponsors and, you know, making visible to those sponsors as well as advocate. Um, I think that's why we, it's important and it, it makes a difference. And can you share with us, being part of that group for the time frame that you have been, what is like a one common maybe struggle amongst the group that we can all be aware of so that we know how we can support. It goes back to our name. One thing that we continue to help people were saying was that, well, you need a little bit more development. And so that's why we named, you know, Black Organization for Leadership and Development. Like, what was that? It it was all various levels. They just kept saying, give me just a little bit more development. And And Again, it wasn't very clear what that development was. Is it more skill set and increasing your skill set? But it was, you didn't get that much because you just need a little bit more development. We'll get back with you, just more development. And so I think that's, again, that's why we created, this will be a leadership and development. We have professional development uh, built into our organization. Mm. No, but I the think- sponsors helping too, right? Like, so now you're seeing, we want you to see the talent and be an advocate for and make those there, make it visible, showing those talent and then visibly seeing the mm-hmm. talent of these members of, of both. I think that's that's very important because we see that across the board when it comes to just being visible, having people that sponsor you in the room. And sometimes it's just a lack of not knowing that there's a, that there that you are somewhere in the organization and right. you kind of get lost in big organizations. So that's why it's important to have these resource groups so that you can get that. It's not like it's not like you get an upper advantage, but it's just like you at least get seen. You just want, you know, sometimes people just want to be seen. So I think that that is exactly what y'all have done. Um, so to end, we really wanted to ask you, you know, looking back um, on your career and looking back on where you're at today, uh, you know, what is a piece of advice that you could leave with our listeners? Um, maybe something that you might have changed or just maybe something that you're going to do moving forward. You yeah. know, one thing that I've changed now that I've gotten older in my career is just speaking up. I speak up, ask for what you want, 
I know my dad used to say, they can only say two things, Candace, yes or no. Mm-hmm. And no won't hurt me, right? And you just get up and try again. You know, just don't be afraid of no, right? Um, and then lastly, just find mentors early on in your career. And mentors don't have to be in your field. <laughs> you can have more than one. And I think we've been hearing now this board of advisors, right? You could have multiple um, mentors and resources for you. So you should have you should have a board of advisors on your on your team for your career advancement. Candice, I we fully align with that as I mean as you saw from past events and just past guests on the podcast, it's very common that you know yeah. having those board of advisors is so important. And like you said, it doesn't have to be in your field. Um, and I think you really showcased that today and just where you went with Technique FMC, the way that you had grown within your role, and also just even doing things that were extra, like doing bold when bold wasn't even recognized yet. Look at where that brought you. So it's kind of stepping out of your box at a very you know beginning start in your career. Um, and you have made waves doing it. And so we're just really happy to have you on today and share your journey. So thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And Candice, one thing I wanted to mention, you know, to close off the podcast is what I love about your story. And I really hope listeners understand this part is that everyone's journey looks so different and it doesn't matter how many setbacks or challenges or roadblocks that you have in your career, you could still end up being successful and you don't have to rush through it. I'm sure Candice at Walmart would never think she'd be working alongside the CEO of Technique FMC or when she quit her job to help her grandmother. I mean, there are so many things in your story and I think it happens to many of us where we think this one block is just the end of it and it's just keep going because you will find your your way. And so thank you so much for sharing your story. It was, it was it's thank incredible. You. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, everybody's journey is different to get to the top. So thank you. Thank you, Candice. And if you like this episode, please like, subscribe, leave us a comment, share with all your friends. This is a great resource for all of those out there listening. Um, So thank you again for tuning in.